Hey guys, Dylan Hartley here. Welcome back to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Test Rugby is back and so are we. We're kicking off a brand new series, bringing you exclusive interviews throughout the 2021 Guinness Six Nations. And as ever, we're taking you into camp, virtually of course, to get the inside line on what's happening. I'll be catching up with some familiar faces and some of the new guys too. Today is two players who we often see in England's back three, Anthony Watson and Elliot Daly. Uh, yeah, I've been busy. Uh, I've just been metal detecting. <laughs> yeah, what are you up to, bro? <laughs> Mate, honestly, on Netflix, trending at the moment, number one film is called The Dig. It's a true story on this uh, 1939. They basically dug up the sink and they thought they found like a Viking ship, but it was right. an Anglo-Saxon ship and it was full of gold. And oh, wow. it's basically amazing. So straight away, that's you're out there with a metal detector. Well, was it an Amazon Prime job, was it? No. <laughs> No. Well, you already had a metal detector. Yes, yes. For what? <laughs> For what? Did you go out? Hang on. Did you go out with Hass magnet fishing? Did you? That's no, where no, you got no, it no, from. No, 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 no. That's um. That is weird. Going down the canals. Uh, <laughs> it is weird. No, I've I've got a mate who does a bit, and um, because I've got got a few acres down here now, you know. All uh, oh, right. I've dropped it off, and he said, um, you, you might want to give it a go. But um, lads, thank you for joining me. Welcome back to camp. What is it like being back? It's been very good for me. I think when we come back in, it's been, it's good to see the lads again. I think for me, I haven't played a game for a while now. So it's good to come in and get some competitive training going. But like, it's just nice to see the boys again. Cause obviously ever since the last camp here, cause you're, cause you're together for so long now, it's nice to get those relationships back up and building, but obviously it's harder this time with all the restrictions we've got. So we've got to try and find a way around it. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Sorry, Tony, I'll, I'll come to you in, in a sec, but you say, being back with the boys like you're so limited to what you can do right yeah yeah we're pretty limited but I think Tony you agree with this like when you come into camp it's always just such a good feeling that like we're just to go and see the boys and know that we're, we're going into another competition that's going to be hard but it's going to be good because obviously we're looking to go and win it and stuff so it's just nice to be back with people that you've had good memories with nice Tony what about you good to be back yeah, 100%. I think what's, what's different this time is the fact that there's no coming and going. And I think that that helps a lot of people just with being able to deal with it mentally. You know, you can set up shop here. You know, Johnny May pretty much like unloaded his entire car, bro. He had everything. So pretty sure he's basically moved into the Lensbury. He's got his chamber with him, about eight pillows. You know what he's like. He's just brought everything with him. But like Elliot said, just being back with the lads and um, even being in like a different environment St George's Park early in the week was 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 nice because um, you can get a bit you know bogged down being in the same place for ages. But it's just cool, man. It's just nice to be back. Obviously, strange. Everyone's just playing Call of Duty at the moment. A few boys giving it the big in and are absolutely useless. I'm not going to tell you what Elliot's Call of Duty name is, but can you allude to it? Enlarged hedge. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I was thinking like for, for you boys though, because um, you've been in and around the camp for four or five, I don't know how many years now, you're actually kind of old horses amongst this group. Like, you know what it's like without COVID restrictions, but if you're Will Stewart coming in, this is the norm for him, you know what I mean? So like for you guys, you've got to be adaptable. Oh, I reckon to be fair, as, as a when you come in and, and you're new here, in the way that the COVID restrictions are now, I think it's probably a little bit easier personally, just because I feel like you can get to know people at your own speed. 
Um, and obviously we want that to be as quick as possible to, to get everyone to gel. But some boys are very different to other, if that makes sense. So some boys will fully immerse themselves from the jump, whereas other guys like to, you know, bit by bit by bit. And so I think that for the guys who we've got in at the moment, I think it's actually really good um, because, you know, that, that, that time when we are together, you have to use it to get to know people. Otherwise, you're just completely wasting your time. And I feel like everyone here fully buys into that. So when we have got that brief bit of time where we're allowed to sit around each other and do whatever we do, you know, after dinner or whatever, you see boys fully engaging and wanting to be around each other as opposed to just eating your food and going back to your room, which would previously probably happen quite a bit. So, you know, I think it helps. I genuinely do. Elliot, can you talk me through some of the restrictions you've got in place? Yeah, they're pretty um, They're pretty tough now, really, to be honest. It's, it's kind of train, eat, where we can eat on individual tables, but two metres apart, but sort of a maximum of 15 minutes in there, then back back to your room pretty much so uh, we have we have got stuff around it I think Charlotte and the, the team here have been brilliant um, in setting up little little areas for us with heaters with open marquees with coffee machines everywhere with so just trying to get it as good as it possibly can be so we can go for a coffee outside well it is outside it is cold but there's heaters and that you can just wrap up and just just chill out there which is quite nice if we didn't have that I think it'd be pretty tough because It'd honestly be eat, sleep, and just go back to your room pretty much. So it is as good as it probably could be at the moment. Is it it something elite blankets? Yeah, I bet, like, mate, if there's someone that hates the cold, it's you. (laughs) And like, do you know one thing? The older I got, and like when I had a young family and stuff, it got harder for me when I went away because my daughter knew I was going. Um, And I was thinking for you, Tone, you just had baby Kai? Yep. I had to double check that because it said Kai exclamation mark, and I thought it was (laughs) Kale. And I was like, he hasn't called his baby Kale, has he? Um, but you've obviously got like baby Kai at home now and you were here for a block. You know, how does how do you manage that? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like it was kind of hard leaving. Uh, and it's something that I've never really experienced before. Like I've never found it tough going into camp or tough going away for extended periods of time just because, you know, this is what I wanted to do since I was a kid. So like you just got to get on with it. But then this time, I don't know what it was. Yeah, obviously having him and stuff and knowing that my miss is going to be on her own because of COVID and stuff. Just made it a bit hard um, leaving. But, you know, if I was going to leave to be anywhere, obviously this is the best place for me to be. You know, I can get better as a rugby player and as an With individual. With your big king-size bed. <laughs> and my, my full nine hours sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Babe, it's really tough. I'm missing you loads. Nah, it's, um, do you know what? It's, it's almost, you know, tip of the hat to, to all the partners, wives, girlfriends. They're the ones that, almost make the sacrifice, isn't it? Like we, we choose to go away and train and, and chase your, your dreams and your goals and aspirations and that kind of left home holding it all down. What about you, Elliot? You miss your dog? Yeah, dog. I think the, the one thing for me is on, on a normal camp, obviously you're away for quite a long long time, but you get to see people after the game and you get that little interaction with your family or your your, your missus or like just, just people that you're familiar with. But then because you don't have that now, it's a very different different concept where you get to the weekend, play the game, you get back on the bus and get back to the hotel. So I think that's the bit I miss the most, really, because obviously, as Tone said, you want to be here and you understand the sacrifices that's going to have to happen to do that. But the other camps, you'll be able to just see them at the weekend and sort of look forward to that. But without that, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely more difficult. Yeah, I'm with you. So Elliot, you, you know, let's talk about the other relationship in your life. Are you, are you engaged or did you get married? 
forgive me. Engage. I had to delay the uh, wedding due to COVID. It was a COVID wedding. Got delayed. Yeah. I'm sorry about yeah. that. But uh, yeah. let's talk about the other relationship in your life, uh, Jamie George. How has that been managed, not being able to be in each other's pockets all day, every day? I mean, it's only been three days at the moment. Um, I think he's getting some withdrawal symptoms, but uh, we're trying to stay strong. I don't know why Tony's shaking his head here. Sinks would be coming in with his six heaters just ready to go like this. <laughs> Making More every heat. room that he wants a sauna. And then Tony would just be lapping him up, just following him around everywhere. No, but yeah, it's, as, as you said, it's difficult. But it, I think it allows you, especially with the, the way we're doing sort of gym times and stuff like that, you end up spending time with your positional groups a little bit more, which means I get to spend time with sort of Paolo or maybe Harry Randall, who I've not met before, um, which definitely strengthens those relationships, which obviously is what we're trying to do. I, I suppose it kind of forces you out of um, what's comfortable because like you, you guys have got your your strong bonds and relationships and you've kind of come through with uh, like sinks for you, Tone, Jamie George, your, your Beza, Elliot. You probably don't spend time with those people unless you're forced to. What about you two though? Aren't you like vying for the same position? How's that work? Me and you and Elliot. Elliot. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's never really been like that. To be fair, like the back three is so. And you Come know, on, mate! Like you and JJ are best mates, and like he played on the wing during the um the, the autumn, and you're like, <laughs> "Come on, JJ, hope you do well, but not too well." <laughs> nah, bro, I'm never like that. I promise you. Look, me and Elliot have been playing together and in the similar position since we were like 19 years old. And whether he's playing fullback, I'm playing fullback, or I'm on the wing, whatever, genuinely doesn't bother me at all anymore. And I would say two years ago, I definitely just wanted to play fullback. And I was like, that's it. Like, that's all I want to play. I'm tired of playing on the wing. And I just, I think I, wa- I wasted so much energy just trying to make myself into a fullback that I kind of forgot what, what made me the player I was. So I'm really not fussed at all about where I play. Um, and there's definitely no me and Elliot trying to compete to play fullback or him trying to play on the wing is wherever we're picked, we're picked. And we just want to just be as skillful as we can in those roles. As a back three, like the, the way that our meetings go, the way we speak to each other, we, we want to make everyone as, as good as we possibly can be because we want England to be the best team in the world. So that's our, that's our aim. And we know we can't do that just on our own. We need everyone on the same page and as Tony says, it, selection isn't down to us, it's down to Eddie. We, we train as, as hard as we can and as well as we can, but we, we try and drive each other in training, try and get extra reps in the gym, like competitive gym. Like that's always going to make you better, that kind of stuff, which is brilliant. That's why I love coming into camp. You're here with the best players and you, you're getting better every day. Man, to be talented like you guys, to just like be able to bounce around positions. Like Tony, what you're saying there, you want it to be fullback, Elliot, you know, you, you drop in at centre, fullback, wing, wherever. Like, I just made my bed real early. I'm destined, like, this is me. I'm not even going to bother thinking about any other positions. But um, to be as talented as you boys, what a dilemma to be in. But no, fair play to you. Hi, I'm Courtney. Thanks for listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Early days. When did you get capped, boys? Elliot, you were 2016? Yeah, 2016. Was it, was it Six Nations? Six Nations, the second or third to last game, the Ireland game. Yeah, my, my earliest memory of you, Elliot, is actually that 2016 tour. We, we had a like, nice little talent show and Elliot, you, you revealed your history and drama and performing arts to the, the rest of the well, squad. Um, well, well, you say that. If you're saying that, I've done a good job because I didn't know what to do in a talent show. I didn't want to sing. <laughs> 
I didn't want to do any of that. So I thought, right, I put a speedo on and do some gym, some rhythmic. I think gym. it was That's a leotard. It. Yeah, it was it like was a, a leotard. I think it was a women's speedo like swimming costume. He had like um a wand yeah, like a... with the fabric on it, and he did the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And you did a lovely kind of performance. Uh, I think the minimum was kind of three minutes long and you just, your athletic ability kind of transferred from the pitch onto the stage. And I was like, that is what private education gets you, a well-rounded kid that can do everything. I was yep, really impressed. You know. I'll tell my mum about that. She should be happy. The, the one thing I did love about it is like, you, you're basically forced into performing, but you're 100% threw yourself into it. Uh, I think you got 10, 10, 10 from the audience. You don't understand how happy I was on that tour when I wasn't picked to do anything for that show. (laughs) I was so nervous the whole time I was going to get shorted. And Marlon got done instead of me and he did the worst performance. Remember that song? Yeah. (laughs) Tone, what about you? Early memories. When when did you get involved with the team? Uh, 2014 Autumn Series. So you've been around a little while longer. Yeah. He's one cap ahead of me as well. Who? Elliot? Yeah. <laughs> Am I? I thought we were yeah. the same. Nah. But you guys have obviously come through the age groups together. And footnote here, there's a lovely photo of you two with some great hair. Oh. And I think right now we're just going to inject this into the podcast for our YouTube viewers. Talk us through your, your lids at that time. You know the photo. You know the one I'm talking about, right? I got yeah, to go. I, yeah. What was your inspiration at the time, Elliot? My inspiration that like to repel as many women as possible um, from a young age. Very successful. Very, very successful it was too. No, I, th- I don't know what it was. I think, I don't, I don't know. It was the worst. I, don't, I actually blame my mum and dad for this. I know I can make my own decisions, but you, there comes a point where you're like, you look like an idiot. You've got to shave that off. It was just so long. It was horrible. I didn't mind tone tone. No, 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 no. Didn't you have a side thing going on? Mate, mine was just categorically a disgrace. I had a combed over afro yeah, with it, a yeah. blonde yeah. bit in the corner. Yeah, yeah, I remember oh, that. My God. I remember yeah. the first time I showed up to Irish with that. Uh, Delon Armitage and Shantaine Happe. Bro, they saw me and they were like, who is this guy, bro? <laughs> and then nonstop for about a year and a half, they were telling me every day, you've got to cut your hair, bro. It's got to go. <laughs> you, you weren't playing to your strengths, were you? Absolutely not. Um, Elliot, I just picked up on something there. You, you're saying you're trying to repel as many women with your hair. It actually worked in the, in the opposite form. Didn't you meet your future wife not so long after? Yeah, yeah, I did actually. But that was when I shaved it off. So that was definitely the issue. The only issue, obviously. <laughs> I mean, we won't go into the legalities of her working at the school at the time and you being a student. We won't, we won't go into that. But it wasn't like that, Dils. It didn't sound like that. She was a separate department. It was a sports hall. That makes school. it okay. Yeah, that makes it that's okay. cool. Fun. No, 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 no. I'm joking. We know Michelle's only a year older than you. <laughs> uh, we, we kind of touched on both of you being like well-rounded athletes. Um, Tone, I know you've got a massive interest in NFL. Elliot, you're probably one of the most gifted all-round sportsmen I've ever seen. Where is it born for both of you guys? Like your, your all-round ability? Um, is it family? Is it school? Where did you kind of pick up your, your love for sports? I think for me, it was my, probably started with my dad, to be honest the whole sort of PlayStation console thing, it wasn't really part of what we did at home. So it was always what we're doing after school. We'll go and we'll, I'll be playing something or doing something or 
if it was a training session, my dad would be there or and he'll be taking me for extras after just because I wanted to and I wanted to burn off some energy. Like honestly, I was a very energetic kid, but I think the the way that he sort of made it fun and competitive for me, I think I was quite a competitive child and I got quite angry when I lost when I was very young. So I think he got that competitive nature for me and then that just sort of went through to school. And then I, I think Whitgift for me, my school was brilliant. The amount of sports you could do and dip your toe into and have a look at was brilliant. It just sort of opened my eyes to that. Have you got brothers, sisters? Did you compete with them? Yeah, I've got an older brother. He was in the London Irish Academy actually years ago. Silver group, he was, Tone. <laughs> what, what's the silver group? I think the gold group was like the one to be in. I think Corbs was in the same gold group as my brother was in the silver group. So, but he's like way too clever. Like he's a good rugby player to be honest, but he does think he's Sonny Bill Williams though. He's playing for Old Wick Giftians, the old boys team. And he's like throwing out the back doors and stuff. But um, no, he is a good player and he's, uh, but he's just very clever. So he's gone down the academic route instead. So he's taken all that, all the, all the clever genes. So you, you're not so clever. You're just uber talented and athletic. Um, what about you, Tone? I know you got a massive love of all things America. All things America, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, similar to Elliot, I mean, I, I tried to play as many sports as I could when I was younger, but mainly just because my older brother was playing them. So he was like the person, the barometer for where I wanted to be at. Um, so I just wanted to compete with him at everything he did. If he got into, I know, London Irish Academy, then I wanted to get into London Irish Academy. If he got scouted by a football team, then I wanted to get scouted by a football team. I was always trying to compete with him. And then eventually I just got to an age where my old man played rugby for a bit and he always preferred us playing that a little bit. He never said it, but you could just tell. And then it just came to an age where Marcus was doing really, really well at rugby. And like I said, I just wanted to compete with him as much as I could. So then I was like, oh, I should probably try to take rugby seriously now. And yeah. Well, you, you've only mentioned Marcus there. Like Callum's, uh, your younger brother is quite gifted as well, right? Yeah, um, he's very skillful. If, if you were going to put the three <laughs> brothers into gold, silver and bronze group, uh, how, would you, how would you do that? I'd have to break us, uh, break us down into different. So for skills, Callum is gold group. I'm not asking about skills. I'm just saying, put someone in gold, silver, bronze. <laughs> All round, oh, come on. Bro, I can't do that. Um, I'll put Callum in gold group. I'll put Marcus in silver. I'll take bronze. I'll take bronze. So so Marcus is, um, yeah, he's an Olympian. Yeah. Callum's, Callum's a student. You're a British and Irish Lion, uh, fully fledged England international. You're putting yourself bronze, yeah? I have to put myself bronze, bro. <laughs> oh, my I can't do it to him. More from Elliot and Anthony in a sec, but the last series of the pod was my first time asking the questions rather than answering them. So it was only fair that the players got the chance to ask me something in return. It seemed to go down well, so I thought, why not throw this out to you guys as the listener? So we're calling it Ask Dylan Anything, so go ahead, ask me anything. Send them in via WhatsApp to 07-940-445-002 or simply review the podcast and leave a question in your review along with the hashtag Ask Dylan Anything. Let's kick this off with our first one. Hello, Dylan. I'm Jim Pearce, a trustee for Rugby Against Cancer, a new charity that we hope one day you might be able to be involved with as a guest coach or something similar. Anyways, talking of coaching, I'd like to know what your advice would be for some of our amateur players. Would it be to be the best at things that they're good at or to improve things that they're weak at? Thank you. Hi, Jim. Uh, thanks for the question. Good question, actually. Um, 
professional players actually face that sort of challenge all the time. Whilst you're really good at something, you want to always improve other areas of the game. But the thing that makes you you and makes you stand out and makes you special or different is usually that thing that comes so natural to you that you're the best at that. So always be the best at that and try and improve that even further whilst bringing your other game up to speed as well. Nice and simple. Hello, Dylan. My name is Nick. I'm three years old. And I wonder what your favourite ice cream is. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> How sweet. Megan, what a lovely question. My favourite ice cream is mint chocolate chip by itself or raspberry ripple by itself with nothing else on it. No cone, no flake, no Smarties, just nice and simple by itself. Megan and Jim, thank you for your questions. Send in your questions to 07-940-445-002 and it might be your dulcet tones on the pod next week. Guys, your turn now. You've got a chance to ask me anything you like. Dills, what's your daily routine um, Monday to Friday at the moment? Not the weekends, Jesus. Monday to Friday. Right. I'm more professional now than when I played. So I get up, celery juice, start the day. Fasted training. I'll go do training. I aim for about 1,000 calories. So I do a session, try and like blitz it for an hour. Uh, I'll come in, eat, do a bit of homeschooling, you know, partake in family activities. Then I'll go walk the dog for an hour. That's another 300 calories. And then I'll finish the day, uh, Monday to Friday, with ice bath before bed, ice bath, hot tub, and then hyperbaric chamber. So basically, I'll do homeschool, a few farm jobs, just toss about, uh, might, might do a Zoom call, like this is work for me. But yeah, training, diet, recovery. It's what I'm focusing on at the minute during lockdown. Nice. Thank you. Good question. Along the same lines, I want to know what your end goal is on this farm that you're living on. It's the lifestyle. It's the lifestyle. What do you mean? I need more than just the lifestyle. Like, I lived in houses because I'm a lot older than you guys. So I played for 15 years and I moved three times before I moved to this place. And like every house I moved to, I kind of completed it. You know, like you, you got your garden, it's done. The house is done. I like doing things in my spare time, like hobbies, like DIY. I like digging holes. I like moving stuff from A to B, you know, getting the farm clothes on. You know, I've got a few animals. I just like doing things. And this place that I live now has just got unlimited things to do. It's a hell of a money pit, so I've got to keep earning, you know. But, yeah, it just keeps me busy. And I'll tell you what, you know, rugby gave me a lot of lot of joy and almost like an identity. And when that's taken away from you, you need to find joy and happiness in doing something else. Because I don't work a full-time job or anything like that, I'm like a freelancer now. Um you know, I, I find joy and happiness in just being active at home, doing things at home, keeping my mind active, physically active, that sort of thing. Yeah. Tone. Farmer deals, boy. Thanks, Tone. Hi, I'm Emily Scarrett, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Uh, lads, from when you kind of started and, and came through in the team, how has it changed in terms of you guys, in terms of preparing athletically, uh, training, uh, mentally? How have you guys changed as, as professionals? I think mentally I've changed a fair bit um, just in terms of the way I approach the game. I mean, I think before my first cap in 2014, I, I, I didn't speak to anyone from like 48 hours before kickoff. Like I was just so nervous. It was a joke. I had no interest in speaking to anyone. Probably Did you start like that? 
No, I came like off the bench for Rocco. Probably looked like a ghost as I was coming on for him. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that's just an area that, that has changed pretty drastically in terms of, like I said, how I prepare for games and how I go into it mentally. You know, obviously, the, you know, the nerves never completely go away, but how you deal with that and how you are in and around the lads before that, I think has, has changed massively. Why is that though? Like I said, they'll never go away fully. Some boys genuinely will have no nerves and that's cool for them. Um, but other boys will have a little bit. Some boys will still have it really bad. But I think the reason why I've now able to deal with it and go into the games a lot more relaxed and confident is just in terms of the amount of preparation that I do. So whether it's skill stuff, mental stuff, visualising, that type of stuff, all of that adds to going into a game just feeling confident and trusting that you've done everything you can do Monday to Friday to allow you to play well Saturday. So now it doesn't really like, there's not too much that will get in the way of how I feel before a game, if that makes sense. Would, would you argue like both of you getting your first cap, you got there, you get cap, but staying where you are, especially in one of Eddie's environments where he's continuously driving you guys to get better, always asking and pushing you to, to drive your own careers. Have you guys notched anything up in that respect? When I came in in 20, because I was in at 2015 a little bit, but then two weeks in, I was gone. So when I came back into 2016, obviously when I was named in the squad, it was brilliant for me. And then as, as I came into, I probably wasn't ready for like physically for international rugby, I wouldn't say still. I'd, I'd say obviously playing the premiership, I played for a few years and I was confident in what I could do. Didn't really know what position I was, but just confident in what I could do on the pitch. But the the environment here, Took me like that. I I think the S and C, the training, the analysis, the everything you can possibly get is here. And I think for me to come in at that point was actually brilliant for me because I could have not played for England, just stayed where I was playing for Wasps at the time and just doing just doing that sort of level and thinking that was good enough. Whereas actually, when you get into this environment, you actually see what goes on and what what shape people need to be in or what physical demands on the game um, you have to be able to cope with. I think that's a massive thing. And I think for me to come in at that point was brilliant for me to just go, right, I'm going to take everything on board here and try and get into the best physical condition I could possibly be in for Test Match Rugby. Yeah, thank, thanks. I think you kind of um, answered it for me, but Tony, I'd like to hear from, from you on it. I think that you would have come through good young kid, fast, good footwork, you know, talented, and then you get a taste of international rugby, you get your foot in the door, you get a cap, but to stay there, like your nickname is the old horse. You used to be the young horse. <laughs> You're the old horse now. Yeah. Tony yeah. the Pony is like the old horse. He's done, he's, he's done. done. <laughs> no, you're not done. You're still here. That's that's my point. You, you were out injured for a while and now you're back. And I think that's a sign of someone that's continuously improving and pushing. And what I kind of wanted to say, Elliot, you touched on it there is you know you don't want to be in the best shape and the physical demands in the game you've got to understand how to get in shape and these sorts of things what are you guys doing outside of the club regime the international regime in your own time to make sure you're getting better yeah I think now more than ever you have to try and take as much as many things as many aspects of your career into your own hands so whether that's recovery having everything that you need in your house um, whether it's your food, whatever you need, whatever you need to eat as well as possible, you have that prepared at home. You know your weights, whatever you need, um, S and C wise. If you want to, you know, speak to X or Y Z to get their opinion, just get as much information as possible to make an educated guess on 
stuff that affects your career because at the end of the day, if you don't care, no one else is going to care more than you should care for your own career, if that makes sense. So why not speak to all those people? Why not gather all that information? And why not invest in, you know, all the stuff you need to recover because, you know, no one is going to do that stuff for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that because if if I'm honest, until I met Eddie and his demands and opportunity that he kind of gave to me, I didn't think like that. I just kind of went along with it. And it wasn't until he kind of triggered a few things in my mind, I started asking those questions, seeking advice, seeking the best people to help me with training, diet, understanding the game, all those things. But make sure you got the right equipment and stuff like that. I've kind of done all that in retirement in the rebuild phase of Hartley 3.0. Like um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not coming back to play rugby, but I just want to be able to um, complete a walk or something like that. And um, I've managed to do like hot and colds at home. I've got a little hyperbaric chamber. I've got like um, compression garments, all this sort of stuff. And uh, the guy who came and um, dropped off my hot tub, he's like, oh, I've just been to Chisora's house. He's like, well, it wasn't Chisora's house. He's got a house where he lives with his family. But then like down the road, he's got another house, which is his like recovery house. And oh, it's wow. like big screen TV on the wall, big lazy boy, hot tub in the back. And like <laughs> his, his, his family's not allowed down there. Like, I don't know if that's true or not. But Tone, I heard you, you've got a good setup at home. Chisora sounds like the blueprint, mate. I need to get that. Um, <laughs> but no, like I said, I mean, we went to Japan in 2019. Myself and a few others were really, really into the onsens that they've got over there. Um, I don't know if you went, Elliot, but there was one in Tokyo that we went to every single day that we were there. Um, and it's just, I don't know, the whole environment was was amazing. Like the first time I saw a picture of, you know, the way that they shower on those tiny stools, I was like, bro, there's no way I'm sitting on that thing to shower. Next thing you know, mate, I'm there lathered up, like just loving it. Um, so it was me, Sink and, and Willie Hines went every day pretty much. And How, how um, did you get on? Like, because you got tattoos, right? Yeah. So culturally, yeah. I thought that was a big no-no with the onsens. Yeah, it was. So it was a bit of a... A faff, like we had to have to go in there and like cover our tattoos with these like stickers that were basically skin coloured, which was a bit annoying every day, but it was worth it. Um, and you know the way whatever we did in there in terms of like rotating between the hot bath, the cold bath, the sauna, which was like a hundred degrees, it was nuts. Just rotating between all three of those, the way that my body felt in that was like nothing I'd experienced before, like recovery wise. So when I left, I wanted to try and copy as much of it as possible. So I basically had a, a sauna, hot tub and cold tub put in my house. Um, so now when I finish training and stuff, I go home and I just do the exact same thing and just rotate between the three. And yeah, that's it really. I mean, I love it. It's, it's, it's different doing it on your own, I won't lie. Um, doing it with the same guys you've been doing it with for however long was a lot more entertaining, but um, it still has your body feeling great. And when we ca- where we can in camp, we still try and, and make it happen now um obviously covid stuff makes it a little bit more difficult but man i i reckon the, the penny dropped for me when i was too when it was too late how important recovery was uh, it's probably because i wasn't training hard enough or being pushed physically um pre that but i actually craved recovery i, I wanted the ice i wanted the heat like, i really looked forward to doing it because like you say the benefit that you get is, is huge uh, Elliot, what about you? What do you turn to other than uh, Pana Chocolat and uh, Flat White? Um, yeah, well, I would love to. I think in, when I when I buy a house next, I think I'm going to try and get Even a next, setup. Like for another a, one. Well, no, I've got, I'm buying. I'm in the process <laughs> of buying a house, but it's taken forever. I don't want to go into it. 
what Tony said about the onsens, I've never experienced anything like that. It was unbelievable. Have you got a little seat for your shower at all? No, I've, it's just, I don't know. Maybe I need can to you, get an outdoor can shower. Can you describe this really little seat? What is it? It's honestly like a little stool. Like, I it's like this big. About this big. Like, is it sort of thing that your kid will stand on to brush their teeth? Yeah, the, yeah. exactly okay. that. Then if so you imagine a shower head, is it like your head level as you're sat down? You literally just grab the shower head and you're there washing yourself like this in a little cubicle. There's like 15 guys either side of you sat down. Everyone's completely naked. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, mate. It was unbelievable. And then there's like those little buckets you can then just like cold bucket over your head. It's really good. But the, okay, talk me through the process. So you do that pre going in the sauna. Yep. Pre and post you can, yeah. Yeah, like th- that's all good, right? When you've got, you know, you've trained all day and basically the best time of day is like when you finish that second or third session and you know you've got nothing else on for the evening. You've just got recovery food, recovery, just your own time. That's all good sitting there scrubbing yourself and sauntering and that. But do you even do that at home? No. <laughs> no, no, that's what I mean. Like, So the experience, the experience was that in Japan at home, you don't do that. No, I would love. I wish seat. I could. I need a little seat. I think now thinking about it, I definitely need one. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the root of the question, Elliot. What do you do yeah. for recovery? Um, sauna blanket at home, ice. Just I quite like ice after a big session. But yeah, I think for me on days off, I like to be a bit more active, as in long walk. Just be a bit more mobile than just sitting. So say if you are sore, just sitting down. That's probably the worst thing for me. Um, just getting out, walking the dog, even if it's a long walk or going somewhere different. It's just nice to, for me, just get my body moving and I feel good the next day. Do you want to give, is it Winston the Pug? Has he got his own Instagram? You want to give him a plug? Yeah, at Puglet Winston. Puglet um, Winston. Give him a follow, guys. You see the, the adventures of uh, Elliot's days off recovery walks. <laughs> Hi, this is Ben Youngs and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Life. For you guys, I mean, you're still quite young in terms of years, but... In terms of games, like you guys are, I'd, I'd consider you senior players now. You're both approaching 50 caps. How do you, do you feel like a, a different person in terms of when you walk into the room or when you walk onto the field? You know, you've got to set the tone. You've got to be the example. For me, I personally, I personally don't. I think one, one thing I always, when I came into the environment, I just I'm going to tell Eddie that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you're gone. No, I, think, I think for me, it's all about... What what I try and bring to the team is what what I do in training. So I, I want to be out there training as as good as I can do, giving it a hundred percent, bringing everyone, trying to bring the energy to around the the squad to get everyone ready for training. Just trying to be that guy who who looks like he's got bundles of energy, even though sometimes he might not. But I think for me, when I came in, that was that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to train as as well as possible because that's the one thing I have control over when I when I first came in. I think that's the same as I do now. I well, think, in a roundabout way, Elliot, that is exactly yeah. what a yeah, senior yeah. player should be doing. You know what I mean? Turning yeah, yeah. up with the same energy you had when you, you know, came in for your first cap. So, in your way, you are effectively yeah. doing that. So keep doing that, mate. You're doing good. Well done, oh, well. you. Oh, well, thanks, Dils. Tony. What about you? You know, you, you're back after a bit of a, a layoff. You got some game time. It's good to see you back, mate. Gave you a shout out on um, on Amazon Prime. So he's got dad strength now. He's back. He's, he's skilled up. <laughs> he's got a fresh haircut. <laughs> Bro, the haircut situation is going to be a problem this camp. My daughter used to refer to your hair as Wrigley Worms. Wrigley Worm Boy. <laughs> Wrigley Worm Boy, Dad. She'd be like, let's send a video to Wrigley Worm Boy. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Amazing. No, similar to Elliot, man. Like, I'm not going to 
change too much of what he said. The only thing that I would add is just I feel a bit of an obligation now to try and help boys who, like we said, come, who are coming in to get them up to speed. Um, whereas, you know, maybe three, four years ago, I would have left those guys to their own devices, let them figure it out. Um, now I feel like having been here for a while, it's it's important f- for the group and for the person coming in that you go out of your way to, to help them um, because people did that for me. So I think it's important to, to repay or you're welcome. pass that information on. <laughs> I just say you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. But where were you the night before I arrived at camp when I had to eat breakfast on my own? That's what I want to know, Dills. <laughs> Who was that? What are you talking about? Do you not remember my first time in camp? No, tell us about your first time in camp and I'll tell you about my first time in camp. My first time in camp, I was so, so nervous. None of the lads, because I just moved to Bath from London Irish. I was pretty shy anyway, is it, like when I was young. Still pretty shy now, but anyway. First time into camp, like there was no one or not, not many people at Bath were in camp that I knew very well. So across the board, I didn't know anyone really. And so I was driving up from Bath the night before and it, you guys were all in camp still. And I was like, who am I going to sit with at breakfast tomorrow? Like, I don't know anyone. Like, this is the type of thing I was just panicking. So I stopped on the way, got some breakfast and ate it in my room. <laughs> oh, sorry, the morning of training. <laughs> How bad. That's deep-rooted social yeah. anxiety there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have been there for you. Do you know, at that time, that was Lanny, right? Yeah, 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 that was New Age England. That was all like, "Hey, everyone, like, come in, let's welcome everyone." Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, <laughs> greet people, hold hands, show you around the facilities, and yeah, yeah. introduce yourself type thing. Like when I first went in back in two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight, no one said like, "Oh, the, t- the manager's office is there, the coach is there, physios are down there." It was just like crack on, like. But you know, culturally, it's much different back then. Now, you guys, you, you do a great job of, um, you know, it, it's it's a cool place to come in. It's not an intimidating place. And I remember talking to to Owen on this podcast last year, saying that you want guys to come in and feel comfortable straight away. You don't want guys on edge, staying within themselves. You want them to contribute as early as possible. You want them to be relaxed, be themselves, because ultimately, that's what they probably do at club level, and they perform, and that's why they're there. Um, I would have been there for you though. I would have breakfast I know you. Would. I know you would, bro. Man, every morning, I reckon, every time I walked into the food room after I'd done my second session of the day when you guys kind of came down for breakfast, I reckon I'd walk past you or JJ and I'd pull your uh, your hoods off your head every time. Is that <laughs> That's changed? the first thing to do in the morning, bro. Hold up. I'll pull it straight yeah. down. No hoods at the table, mate. Sorry, I'm old school. <laughs> Hi, this is Mario Tojo, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. So what's the crack with training? Like, uh, are you guys fully uh, able to smack each other? Like, or is it kind of avoiding contact training? And uh, your backs, you don't really do much anyway. Like, how is it? Oh, because it's a podcast, I just need to tell you what I'm seeing. Anthony has got a huge gash in his chin and it's been stitched up. Yeah, we do yeah. stuff, bro. We do stuff. <laughs> what was that? High ball collision? No, it was Tom Curry's stud to the face. I'm not surprised it was Tom Curry. Yeah. He only knows one way to train, right? Exactly. Yeah, 100%. How did he come off? Oh, mate, not a scratch. Absolutely. His stud's just fine, yeah? <laughs> yeah. No Didn't even feel him. <laughs> so, both of you, 50 caps incoming. Uh, milestone for you guys? Is it something that you... Um, is it important to you? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Good um, answer. So it should be. Yeah. Um, 
I just think it's, I don't know how to sum it up really. It's, it's just like a milestone sounds rubbish. I don't know a different word for it, but it's like something you set out to do, isn't it? When you say you've, you've got 50 caps for your country, it sounds better than 42, doesn't it? So, well, disrespecting everyone with 42 and below. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it sounds better, doesn't it? Um, so, I mean, look, yeah, it's something I would definitely love to, to be able to do, but whether it happens or not, we'll, we'll wait and see. For me, I think seeing Jamie and Lenny in the Italy game getting 50 and 100, I think you see the the impact that has. And I think for, for me, seeing one of my best mates run out there get 50 caps, or I wasn't there for the occasion, unfortunately, but I think it, it just, in your head, you feel like, oh, I'm actually quite close to that. It's an amazing achievement. And you realise when you first out, you don't necessarily say, I want to get 50 caps. That's not why I said I just wanted to play as many times and closer it's getting it's brilliant to be that close to such a su- such a big achievement and I think just it's kind of solidifies all that stuff you sacrificed and all the all the hard work you it's almost paying off to get those 50 caps and then but you just want to push on from then on I just want to play as many games as I possibly can do really do you feel like you've been in and around the team for a long time do you feel like you've played a lot of games for England I, I do yeah I think I I feel I've been lucky since 2016 to be sort of injury-free touch wood and, and be in around the squad since then. So I, f- I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's weird saying senior player, but I don't feel like a, a I do feel a little bit like a senior player, but well, I feel you, like you I just... If you look at the numbers from t- yeah. 2016, you've basically just about played every game since then. So my, my, my following question would be, is it slightly depressing knowing like if you want to get 100 caps, you basically got to do it all again? No, that is yes. exciting. That's very exciting for me. Okay. What about you, Tone? Like, you, you know how, like, 2014, that's six, seven years of your life. Like, have you got another six, seven years of your life to, to get to Hundy? You'll be know, like man. the old horse there, mate. You'll oh be off my to God, I'll be the ancient horse, bro. I'll be the rocking horse, bro. <laughs> the donkey, mate. You'll be the mule. <laughs> I don't know, mate. I don't know. The 100 is a lot of, a lot of rugby and a lot of tests. So I don't know. I can I can't answer that question if I'm honest. I think the only thing that um the only thing for you guys like you got to stay fast. You got to stay fast. Like I I, I was three short of a, a hundy, but I was cool. I was just like plodding. It was like no one really expected too much from me. And um, you what guys, you, just, mean, that's the, you were the captain. No one yeah. expected too much. No one from expected me. too much. <laughs> no, I meant from a physical point of view. You okay. know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Like as soon as you get slow, as soon as you get like gassed on a kickback or like you see like James Lowe got rinsed for like not being there to tackle oh, Johnny yeah. May on that that wonder try. You know, it's like as soon as a winger doesn't look fast, everyone's like, ah, get him, get him gone. He's yeah. gone. Whereas well, slowly, move, like, slowly move in or just go to centre and then inside centre and just be a ball carrier. Hopefully, yeah. Tone, any aspirations to move further in ball ball carrying? Absolutely 12? not. Absolutely not. No, you will not see me hitting a, a ball straight from the nine off off a lineup. Impossible. Stay <laughs> elusive. You need time and space, don't you? Yes, please. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you credit. You don't need that much space. Um, Very true. Elliot, uh, you were known as a, a fat back for a while. Um, can you put any context to that? Yeah, I mean, it's a very hard position to be in because can, I'm not. Can, I'm not. Before you go any further, I don't think you're fat. You know, I'm not fat. <laughs> I'm less Mills than uh, Anthony at the moment. So. Okay, there you go. And you're extremely powerful. You can kick the ball from at least 60 metres. Uh, you're very explosive. But for some reason, you've carried this tag within camp of being a fat back. Lenny, me and Lenny were like a little bit like this for a while. And then I think, I don't know, I just uh, wasn't, as I said, when I came into camp, I physically wasn't wasn't ready at all. 
I was, you know, a bit of chocolate at home, that type of thing. But I think as you get older, I think you see the you see the importance of actually not having to be. I thought I had to be 98, 99 kilos, and I don't have to be that, especially in my position. The amount of, amount that we run in our position, we don't need to be that heavy anymore. So for me, it was just like right, yeah, that's enough now. Let's just let's get it down, down to reasonable weight, and then oh, with that less weight, hopefully, means you're quicker as well. So helps in both ways. Hopefully. Hopefully. Then you've got Johnny May, like who I don't think he's got any fat on him. So then you're kind of compared to him. And it's like, well, you need to get down to that. I was like, that's impossible. So and how lean is he? It's like a joke, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's embarrassing. It's borderline unacceptable. You, you know he's not having fun at all. When <laughs> no, but well, he is, which is the problem. <laughs> no, he's like a ticking time bomb. Like, <laughs> Right, lads, thank you for spending time with me. Good luck for this weekend. We'll be watching and supporting. Cheers. That's it for this week, but don't miss the next episode dropping on Tuesday and every Tuesday during the Guinness Six Nations. In fact, hit subscribe now so you don't miss any of the stuff we've got coming up. As always, we love to hear your thoughts on the pod. It keeps me on my toes. So leave us a review like Bogan12 did. They said, I'm an expat Gloucester fan in China. I watch as much rugby as I can. I really enjoyed it before, but Dylan has taken the pod to a whole new level. Please keep it going. Jeez, keep me at work, that. Thank you very much. Everyone who leaves us a review over the next few weeks will also be in with a chance of winning a new signed England shirt, so get onto it right now. Enjoy the boys' opening game on Saturday, and I'll catch you next week. <laughs>